coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. All right, so we are back with another conversation. Uh, Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church in Jefferson Hills and... Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries, Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and we are back uh, with another episode. Um, And we're going to talk about the thing that we're not supposed to talk about, politics. Because you're never supposed to talk about politics and religion, which makes no sense to me. if those things are as important as we say they are, those are the things we should be talking about every single day, all the time, because uh, they're really important to our lives. So, but I'm not religious. Yeah, but people say religion, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so, uh, as of today, which is the what 21st, 22nd of October, uh, there's local elections looming in November for lots of areas. Maybe some local people at the civil township level, maybe the state representative level, maybe even some congressman level, uh, but nothing severely major for a lot of people. But the pressing thing right now, as of this date, is still uh, the Republican and Democratic divide and the impeachment proceedings for President Trump. And I'm not really sure how to go forward with this conversation do we talk about whether or not we think he's guilty or not do we talk about whether or not and, and I, I should preface all this by saying I'm a registered independent uh, and just because I think there are concepts on both sides Republican Democrat that are good but also some that I think I don't think represent the Bible so I don't want to align myself with either um, and I went from Democratic to independent too strong Republican and basically for a lot of the same reasons yeah so um, uh, yeah I'm not even sure how to start this so let's just talk about first of all because I'm trying to keep away from because I just did a, a, a teaching on this last week because uh, we're teaching on fear and I talked about fear of the government you know and how the political divide has separated our nation and what's our biblical responsibility uh, because in the Bible it does say we should have a reverential fear for the government because they are God's instrument and God's tool. But that's when they are doing what God wanted, which is issuing out justice by his definition, not by a political party's definition, which we don't see too many governments in the world issuing out justice by God's definition. So, yeah. um, and, and I mean, the Bible does state very clearly that we are to pray for the leaders of our country you know pray for God's wisdom pray for God's protection Um, and that's throughout the Bible even when God was upset with Israel he still had the people pray for the leadership of Israel so you know we are commanded to pray for the leaders of our nation may not always agree with them, may not always like what comes out of their mouth or out of their tweets, but we do have to pray for them. Yeah, and it's not just for the ones that we voted for. Um, And nowhere is that more represented than in 1 Timothy, where 
Paul writes to Timothy and he says, you know, pray for all leaders in authority. Uh, same thing that uh, Peter and Paul reiterate in their letters. But when Paul wrote that to Timothy, uh, Timothy, uh, there was a legal law, legal law, sorry, <laughs> a law that basically said, hey, you can worship whatever God you want, because they had multiple gods, all of them, some of them, whichever ones you want, but when you do so, you must pray for the leaders in authority and the emperor. And so when the people wrote to Paul, they're like, uh, does that include, you know, and I believe the leader, I may be wrong, I believe the leader at the time was Nero. Uh, does that include, you know, the emperor who's persecuting Christians and doing this to Christians and do we still have to pray for him? And Paul's response was yes. All leaders, kings, emperors, all leaders in authority. And he tells them because God wants all people to come to Christ. It's not because you voted for him or they're doing what you want. It's because if they're a sucky leader who's not doing what God wants, they need Jesus. Yeah. If they're a great leader who's doing what God wants, they need Jesus. So right. in either way, we should be praying for and all the officials, not just the ones we voted for or the ones who are of our political party. Right. And, and to, to piggyback on that, God commands us, you know, God says in, in Psalms that he places the leaders in and out of office. And I don't know how he does that. I don't know, you know, but since he's the one that has his finger on everything, we should be respecting him by praying for those in office, no matter what they believe. Yeah. And I'm, I know a lot of people have a lot of heartache with that because there were a lot of people and this is where the, the political divide, it also brings in the racial divide, especially when you come to Obama and Trump, uh, Obama because he's black and Trump because many people think he's racist and all of these things. But I think God and a lot of people are like, well, God put those people in office, uh, whether he put them or allowed them to come to office. Uh, both Peter and Paul uh, reiterate that we are to submit to those authorities because those authorities are there because God allowed it to happen or in some cases God caused it to happen. I want this person in leadership and he will hold them accountable to being obedient to, you know, issuing out justice in his way. And he will hold us accountable to whether or not we were obedient to him when he said, you know, submit to those in authority. So, but there is a right way when those authorities aren't doing God's will to voice opposition and uh, to, to, to kind of say, hey, I don't agree with what you're saying. Um, and I love the way, because I know many people brought up that uh, Franklin Graham, very, very, very vocally in opposition to Obama, mm -hmm. but always very respectful in the way he opposed him. Right. And what, what I don't like is I know there are people who are very opposed to Trump, um, I don't like the fact that they just degrade and curse him out and, and this, that, and the other. If you're a Christian, is that okay? No, and it, it's not a. It wasn't okay to do it against Obama or any other president, Bush or any of the others, Clinton. Yeah, I'm just using those two because right. in most recent memory, right. you know, last eight years and last but couple there of years, was some, yeah. there's been there's been scandal all through 
government, no matter yeah, where you because they're human at. and they're flawed. Right. Yeah, which right. is why we should be praying for them. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, and and I, you know, I have very um, strong views about certain things like abortion and and uh, um, you know. Uh, Second Amendment and things like that that I don't think uh, a lot of the um, a lot of people on the Democratic side we'll just say it that way does they don't they don't view abortion as anything big you know it's no big deal and yet the Bible says that it's you know it's a big deal so there's there's certain things but I still because I knew Obama was against, was for abortion, I still prayed for him. I still, um, you know, did it. We have to respect each other, Democrat, Republican, Independent. I don't care what you are. Um, we need to respect one another, like the Bible teaches us to respect one another, to to pray for one another, and to not, you know, one of the things I think our country has gotten gotten in trouble with is that um, we just don't respect each other anymore. There's just a very low, if you don't believe the way I believe, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And you know what? It's okay not to believe everything that I believe. And it's okay to disagree with me. I'm not going to punch you out or anything else. I'm, if you don't believe what I believe, that's fine. But we, we shouldn't be turning on each other because we have different views. Yeah, I think um, politically, uh, we've let our political affiliations define the way that we as Christians see each other. So rather than me and so and so are Christians who have different political views, it's become me and so and so, you know, I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat, you're independent, or whatever it is. Uh, who are also Christians, who share religious, I know you say not religious, but religious views. Yeah. So it's it's been turned to where we define ourselves by our political party, our political affiliation, by our race, by the things that separate us, rather than defining ourselves the way the Bible said, by our identity in Christ. Because we can have the same identity in Christ and be Christians, because many of the Christians, that if you look throughout the New Testament, you know, Paul had to keep reminding them, we're not Jews, we're not Gentiles, we're one in Christ. We said this before, I think it comes up all the time, yeah. uh, because it's a huge part of what divides our nation. Uh, he had to keep reminding them of these things, that that comes first, and then all these other things come later. All right, so continue on that. So now, uh, I'm, I'm going to dive right in. The uh, Trump impeachment... Um, how should Christians view that? Uh, what should be the response to, hey, there's a president being impeached. Um, do you think he's guilty, not guilty? Should that be part? Should, should Christians even be talking about that? Or uh, Because I don't think people are divided over the truth. I think people are divided by political party. Yeah. And no one is really seeking truth. And I see issues all across the things. I, I don't care about either party. I mean, I do care about the people, but I'm not loyal to any party. And I see issues on both sides that are valid and issues on both sides that are like 
what are you talking about? That makes no sense. So, and I also see things on both sides. I can see where Trump lets his mouth, he speaks before he thinks a lot of times, and that gets him in trouble. But I'm a lot like that. Peter was a lot like that. Um, not saying that Trump's anything like Peter, but anyways, um, I, I go to where this all started. It, and, and for me personally, I don't see where it started on a truthful stance. There's not a truthful foundation for this impeachment. Um, I don't see any high crimes or misdemeanors. I see a lie, maybe, untruthfulness. Um, Wait, untruthfulness as far as, on what part? Uh, as far as... Stretching the truth, maybe? Give it a perfect letter? On who's, on who's, uh, on Trump's part? Trump's part and on the Democratic part. I think okay. there's more untruthfulness on the Democratic side of things than on Trump's side of things right now. Okay. Uh, and I, I don't have hard evidence proof of it because I'm not there. I'm not in the government. But just from everything you read, um, not on your mainline news, because I believe they are not really doing their job as news people. They're, they're not, because if I can turn on the news and see one action that happened, one action, this event A happened, but if I turn to one channel, it's spun one way. If I turn to another channel, it's spun another way that's in direct opposition. That tells me they're not reporting the news they're they're taking the news and spinning it to meet their agenda right which i can understand to some extent but to the extent that it's gone is ridiculous so yeah, yeah. i get where uh, that well this this i shouldn't say this one was I, I i find it difficult to trust the news to get the truth right i may hear here's what happened today but as far as the truth behind it i don't think i'm going to hear that by any local media news outlet at all in my opinion. And that's, I agree with that one wholeheartedly. And I also think that, you know, you get a leader of a party that stands up there and says, well, I don't know, I don't know what he's done yet, but we're going to find out. That's not how you start an impeachment hearing. I, I agree. I think, I think, well, let me say this on, on that whole thing, and we're talking about the Ukraine thing, I think, one, there was probably some, wrongdoing yeah. on Trump's part because it's obvious in the script he did ask hey can you look into this I think that was probably wrong is it an impeachable offense I don't think so uh, so I could see them saying that I also think there was some valid reason for asking if you have you know the former vice president of the United States on video that's being aired everywhere saying I told this country you know they're not going to receive any money unless they remove the lawyer or the court or whatever that was investigating his son yeah i think that's 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 not just either so i think there there was some valid and probably 
politically motivated reason for Trump saying, hey, can you check into this? Is this true? Because this video is going around. Uh, is that the proper channel he should have done to say, let's investigate? Is this true? I, I don't know. I think it is. I think that is where he needed to be because, I mean, his job as commander in chief, his job as president, just like Obama's was, is to root out corruption. And if there's corruption, he is looking at corruption on the 2016 election, the election right. that we already had. Right. Nothing. He didn't say anything about the 2020 election. Well, I could see where people look and say the only reason he's doing it is because uh, Biden is running in 2020. I think, so I, that's where I say I could see on both sides. Yeah. I definitely think you're I, right. It's his job. There's It's looking at, I think, yeah. because of the way it could look. Like, that's a political opponent. You're kind of, yeah. you're doing a Nixon thing. You're using your resources to take out a political opponent. I see how that could look, that he may should have went about it another way. Yeah, but I think that came about, the Biden thing came about by accident. I don't think he was really looking for the Biden thing. The Biden thing came about because his lawyer, Trump's lawyer, was setting a defense for Trump about the Russian problem. And he, he traced I, his facts. Don't get me started on the Russian problem because I, 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 I think the United States Congress owes America tens of millions of dollars for the time and money they wasted on that, well, in my opinion. Yeah, mine too. Mine there's too. a lot of other things that needed to be done. Right. And, and what I don't like, I get that they're political rivals, Democrat, Republican, but when the United States Congress spends so much time and money and resources focused on, they're doing the same thing. You're 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 using your resources to go against a political rival. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're doing the exact same thing when that's not what you were elected for. You were elected as congressmen, senators as well, to represent your district and to put in uh, laws and things that are going to help uh, lead and govern those districts you weren't elected to go on witch hunts and spend american time and money chasing your political rivals yeah. so i i have a heartache with that from the democratic party i have a heartache with some in the republican party who allowed it to happen allowed this kind of thing to happen who also do the same thing yeah. i'm like hey you know what if you spend if each of those parties spend half as much time governing uh, and, and focusing on, you know, the budget and infrastructure and all the things, you know, homelessness, uh, yeah. uh, people complaining about the Second Amendment. Let's not wait till, you know, another shooting to focus on that. Uh, the opioid epidemic, um, all of these things. And for years arguing over immigrants when if you sit down, you could really come up with a way so to resolve, one, um, the undocumented, whatever you want to call them, people that are here. How do we legitimize the ones that are legitimately here, earning a living, doing their job, uh, helping to make the United States a better place versus weeding out the ones who are here criminally? There's things that we could be focusing on to make that better instead of spending as much time and money chasing our political rivals. So that's that's just my my and 22 I, cents. I say amen and preach it, brother. That, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I just think that I think we have if we don't see something change soon, um, whether it be uh, in Congress and in, in the Senate, Republican, Democrat, I, if we don't see something change soon, we are going to have 
a real mess on our hands as far as this country goes. Um, you know, the Bible, people have asked me, well, do you see the United States in the Bible at the end of the times? And we really don't. There's nothing that I can point to that says definitely that's the United States. There's people who have tried to do some verses and revelations that says that's the United States, but I don't see it. But the reason I don't think we're there, one of the reasons is I don't think we're going to be here. I don't think we're going to be a strong nation like we are today. And I think maybe some of this infighting is what's going to destroy it. Abraham Lincoln said, we're not going to be destroyed by our enemies outside. We are going to be destroyed from our enemies within. So I think there's a lot of truth to that. So how do we, um, there's so much I want to jump in with end time stuff. I'm trying to stay off that because that's a whole other, yeah, I know. other discussion. But so how do we, what do Christians do? How do, how do Christians reconcile this? Whether those people who call themselves people of faith, Christ followers, how do we kind of, what should be our response to the political divide? Here's this looming impeachment and our leaders, if you're a Democrat, are telling us, and I, I, I follow a lot of, on, on Twitter, a lot of the um, senators, a lot of the congressmen, ones that don't represent my district as well as ones that do. Uh, I follow Democratic ones. I follow Republican ones. Uh, I get their tweets uh, and I hear they are spurring on this divide. Yeah. Um, uh, when Trump is going to come somewhere, I hear, you know, the, all the, all the, you know, don't let him and he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And we've got to fight against Trump. And uh, I hear Republicans doing the same thing. And so what, if you're a Christian, what is your response? How do you do? Cause our, our civic leaders, our, our state leaders, our federal leaders are dividing us. They're not trying to unite us as a nation. No. They are, they are, I want to say, the main source of our division because political division, uh, huge, you know, from there into you can go into racial, cultural, financial, all that stuff. Yeah. So what's the how, did the, how do Christians respond to this? What should we be doing? How do we respond so that we don't get sucked into this divide? And how do we respond to this, you know, what should be our stance, your impeachment, this whole process? Number one and foremost, get on our knees and pray. And with that, we're done because that, no, that's huge. That's huge because I don't think we as Christ followers use prayer enough. That is like one of the most powerful resources God gives us other than his Holy Spirit and other than another Holy Spirit filled Christ follower is the ability to talk to him, hear from him, knowing that he'll hear our request. So here's my, here's my problem with that though. I know you had something else to say. We'll get back to that problem with that. Some of the Christians who are Republican are going to pray defend Trump. Some of the Christians who are the Democrats are going to pray, get rid of Trump. What do we do with that? Where I was going to go second. Not only pray, but pray Psalms 139, the last verse. Search me, O God, and know my ways. See if there's any wicked way in me. Before we look at anybody else, Republican, Democrat, Independent, I don't care, is there anything evil in me that I need to fix? Or better yet, that God needs to fix before he will hear my prayer for my country. Not my Republican country, not my Democratic country, but for 
my country, in God we trust, on God we stand, country. Okay, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead morph that a little bit. All right, so um, sorry we had to pause to check <laughs> directions. Uh, I'm just gonna refine that a little bit because one of the things that we kept saying is we need to identify with Christ first. So we need to prayerfully get back to syncing. You know, just like your phone, you lose connection, you're not getting the signal. Uh, you got to kind of before you can say what direction do I go, you've got to get it to sync up. Get your GPS to sync up. We need to get synced back up with God and his will and his purpose and his way, regardless of whatever political party. So, yeah, that's the whole purpose is getting us back in sync with God prayerfully. Hey, God, like you said, search me, um, get everything right in me. Uh, and not just, you know, is there sin in me or issues in me, but let me get back to seeing your will done rather than mine my political party my aspirations because god's will and his justice and his determination and his vision for humanity is far better and far more just than any political parties um, so prayer and what else prayer i think um talking about the issues not screaming about the issues not arguing about the issues but having conversations, we don't we don't communicate with each other anymore. You know, it's easier to send a text or a tweet, and there's no emotions in those texts or those tweets. So I may say, you know, your hair looks good today, or is that your hair today? And it doesn't have any emotion to it. We have to get back to talking face-to-face -face civilly with one another. Yeah, and I think that uh, if we, like I said, if we look at the way that we communicate, um, and I often find that if you're talking about a hot topic, people will assume there's already an intent there, um, and not to bring into the race issue, but as an African-American, when I walk into if there's a political rally or someone there or whatever, people will make determinations based on, oh, you're black, you must be Democrat. You're black, you must be pro-black over the police. Or I mean, we, we do that. And so you already form an opinion, a judgment, and how you're going to come at the person when a topic comes up. Or, or you're a pastor, you must be for this and against that or blah, blah, blah. Or you must be you know homophobic or you must be this, that, or the other. So... I think you said communicating and just getting to know people and listening to, well, you know, let's discuss. I don't, I'm not going to assume where you stand. I'm going to ask, well, what's your viewpoint? And I'm going to share mine. And then we're going to pray for one another. And we're going to discuss how does that line up with what God wants for humanity and, and for our nation or for our community schools, yada, yada, yada. Exactly. And, and you know, there's... there's so much we can learn from one another without chastising one another um, if we just stop and take the time as you said to get to know one another you, you'll find that there's probably more we have in common with each other than we don't I mean you know there are some things way on the far left that are just totally 
in my mind, wacky. Mm -hmm. I mean, but there are so there are some things on the far right that are really wacky too. So there there has to be a middle ground that we can come to and say, um, I'm not compromising my beliefs, but I agree with you on that issue. You know, whatever the issue might be. Or I'm not going to compromise my beliefs, but I'm going to be okay with you having a different belief on this exactly. issue. Because um, some of them are hard. I mean, you mentioned abortion, Second Amendment. Uh, yeah. Some There are some things where God takes a stand, and there are some things where God hasn't, you know, said a word. God doesn't Second Amendment doesn't come up in the Bible. No. Uh, so the whole gun ownership, right to bear arms thing, that's a human uh, issue. It's not a kingdom-minded issue. Right, but, uh, but abortion there, is. But abortion is a kingdom-minded issue. Right. So regardless of what I think... Um, if I'm a Christ follower, I've got to follow Christ and what he believes. And I'm going to go back to when I was in the military. Uh, there are things, and I'm not talking about illegal things, but there are things where I don't think that's the way we should do it. And, you know, the army was like, but this is the way the United States Army does it. And this is the way you will do it. And I, I had to abide. Right. Um, and there are some things that are non-kingdom issues where, okay, I, I can go along with that. It's not a kingdom issue. I may not agree. But there are some things where... This is a kingdom issue, and I got to draw a hard line and say, right. "Hey, I'm I'm not willing to go that. I can't abide by that." Um, and and I and I agree with that. I, I think there, you know, we do have biblical stances that we need to stand by, but we also have constitutional stances that our forefathers, when they created the country, set up with um, with us in mind you know and, and I think if we if we stray too far from the constitutional guidelines that we we've been raised with then we may be barking up the, the wrong tree as well and I'm sense? yeah it does and I'm even going to go so far as to say all those people who pull on that separation of church and state thing that is a lie from the pit of hell yeah. uh, one because Thomas Jefferson wasn't even one of the people involved in that conversation his reference to that came up later too because the early I was going to say church early leaders of the United States although many of them had different views on God they all agreed on certain things and they issued laws that would allow funding for people to go out and share the gospel. So they were funding missionaries to go share the gospel. So the whole separation of church thing is a crock. If anyone wants to email me or text me or whatever, I can give you those laws and references to where that happened. Yeah. So I, I don't think that is the issue. Uh, many of those leaders even said that we need to stay a nation uh, focused on God. He needs to be our moral compass. So uh, there is no separation of church and state. And the only separation that exists in the Constitution is that the government cannot, one, establish a state church so that we can worship as we as we feel right. led. And also the government cannot prohibit us from worshiping the way that we want to. Right. Uh, that's the only legal constitutional mandate when it comes to the government. So, uh, uh, and... I'm calling baloney on anyone that 
tries to pull the separation of church and state line. But yeah, yeah, and, and I, I, you know, I agree with that one hundred percent. And and the, I think we've become too. You hurt my feelings when you talk that way. I don't know how to say it, politically correct, and some of the things that we we do and say, um, you know. I'm sorry if my beliefs hurt your feelings, but my beliefs are based on God's word, and that's just who I am and the way I'm always going to be. Yeah, and again, I, I think, you know, Peter points out that when we are talking to people, as you said, we need to be respectful, we need to communicate with one another. Uh, Peter says we need to be able to defend and share what we believe, but do so respectfully. And I think one of the problems today is this whole issue of tolerance. Uh, I hate when people just change the definition, establish definitions to meet. Well, here's what I want it to mean now. Tolerance doesn't mean I have to do what you do. Tolerance means I'm okay if you want to go do what you do, even if I don't agree with it. But then you also need to be okay with me believing the way that I believe. And especially when you talk about like sexuality and homosexuality and you know, all of that stuff. Uh, and people say, well, the church is intolerant. Tolerance doesn't mean that the church has to suddenly say, we're going to be okay with what God calls sin. Right. Tolerance means, hey, I'm okay if you believe that. That's fine with you. But you have to be okay with me believing that God says it is wrong. It is not in his vision for humanity uh, of what he calls being in right standing with him. And, right. yeah. Sin is sin. No matter what way you look at it, um, what did the preacher say today? You know, if you commit one sin, how many sins have you committed? Yeah, you, you broke the law, break one of the laws, you, you've broken you them all. all. Yeah, and at the same way, all of those are fulfilled in what we as preachers are supposed to tell people to, you know, love the Lord your God above all else and love your neighbor as yourself. So right. uh, if we as a church would only get those two things right, then whenever you're talking to someone who believes differently, um, how do I respond to them? Love God, love my neighbor. Yeah. Um, when you're talking to people who are racially different or culturally different, love God, love my neighbor. If we would just get that right and do that, not because we're trying to adhere to a behavior, but because of, like the preacher said today, the Christ in us, we're so filled up with the love of God. He's redeemed us. And now we're trying to live that out. And we can, it would make it so much easier to bring us back to, you know, center who we are in Christ and from that the way that we love other people yeah. and how do we respond to when our political leaders mess up when they fail when they're divided and, and I think that's that is the key I mean and I'm included in this statement I'm about ready to make how many times have people truly seen Jesus living in me the question we've got to ask ourselves I mean, I can name a couple of times where I can say, yeah, I did really good today. I saw, I can tell Jesus was living in me. But most of the time I'm like, is Jesus really living in me? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that's where we've got to get to the point. Are you sold out for Jesus? And I mean, really sold out for him. Or are you... Sold out to your political party. Sold out, yeah, or political party and your own ones. Yeah. So so much so that when people look, do they see, yeah, Floyd is a diehard independent, 
or do they see Floyd as a diehard Christ follower? I may not agree with him, and I may not believe in God, but man, he sure does because he lives it out. That's what they should see. Right. If they see my political affiliation first, then I'm not responding right. I'm not. I'm not living out the love of Christ. They should see the Christ in us first before they see our political affiliation, our you know cultural affiliation, our racial things. And that doesn't mean our culture and all that stuff isn't going to come out in who we are. But if we're all one in Christ, that's who we should identify with first. That's what we should be living out. That's the new clothing, the new creation that God has called and equipped us to be. Exactly. And, and, and you know, I'll be the first one to tell you I fell at it more than I get it right. And I will say I fell at it, and I will go so far as to say so many of us as pastors do, we don't always get it right. So we have to keep coming back and uh, what Mark said, kind of in prayer, let's resync ourselves. Let's get back to, uh, I've lost cell connection. I'm not connected. Let me sync back up with, with Christ. I've gotten so focused on building the church, growing the church, doing my ministry. Am I doing good? Blah, blah, blah. Let me stop, sync back up and hope that people can see Christ in me first before they see all this other stuff. And we're getting close to, uh, our destination. Our return destination. Our return destination. Uh, we're on our way back from the Word FM Pastors Appreciation Conference. So uh, we're going to take a minute and do some last thoughts before we wrap it up. And I would just say if, if you keep those two things, prayer and our relationship with Christ, not, not ours as a whole, but mine as an individual, my relationship with Christ, if we keep those two things front and center and always take our thoughts and our, our words through that compass, I think we get a lot we get along a lot better in our political circles as well. Yeah, so I am not gonna add anything to that. Just just we as a church need to do that. We need to pray, make sure that we're reflecting Christ first. And on that note, uh, we'll say amen. Amen and goodbye.